evening, listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Geeks Who Haunt. Tonight, I have two guests with me. That's right, two, because I need help talking about Jordan Peele's hit, Us. My first guest is from my brother podcast, Geeks with Shields, Lord Commander Ulrich, and everybody's favorite blockbuster cheerleader, Chris Chipman. I am wearing blue and gold for the occasion. Those are my school colors. Me too. I feel like that's become a very that's a very common choice. <laughs> All right, so I'm not gonna take the time to do a plot summary of this movie because if by now you haven't watched us, you need to pause this episode and go watch it, and then come back because I want your views. Exactly. <laughs> okay. I, what? I was gonna say, and if if they're here and they haven't seen us, why are you here? Exactly. <laughs> all right, so before we get started on all the big juicy shit, let's just do an over overall grade rating. What did you think about it, Chris? Oh man, um, so I really enjoyed it the first time I saw it, and I watched it again to uh, prepare for this episode, and it just gets even better in my opinion. And this is, it, it's hard to give it a grade because. So much of it comes with your experience, and we'll get into that. But you know, this is a strong like B plus A minus for me. No, I agree. Uh, I'm gonna give it an A. I liked it a lot more than Get Out. Get Out was good, but it didn't really move me like it did everybody else. This one I really enjoyed, probably because it's my favorite type of horror. In that, this is the type you can sink your teeth into and pick apart for hours. Because I think I went and watched all the behind-the-scenes features and director commentary just to understand maybe 50% of the movie. See, now me, I'm not a big movie critic type of person. I have very um, simple views on movies. <laughs> um, I, thought, I honestly thought this movie was kind of okay. I thought that it had its high points, but there's a couple times where I was honestly kind of bored. And... I'm probably going to get hate for that because, you know, it's the internet. Y'all like to hate on people. But I was bored at times. Uh, like I said, I have simple views. <laughs> That's why I brought people on to help me with this review and to talk about it. Because I know people want to hear more than eh. So, what shall we talk about? Shall we talk about one of our favorite parts of the movie? Like, something that really got us going, oh man, that's cool. Because I think one of mine was anything that had to do with any sort of murder. To be honest, <laughs> I like seeing people just die. I wish there was more people dying, but I like seeing people die. No, that's that's an incredibly good point. I I didn't expect from the trailers for this, for the movie when it became a straight-up horror movie at the times that it did, it just owned that. It didn't go and try to do the, you know, oh, we're going to, you know try to frame this differently to make it mean something more. When it got time for people to just get freaking offed, they got offed in like full Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street style. Like, oh no, a person's just going to get hit and blood's going to explode everywhere. And you can tell that the Jordan Peele just relished in that. It's like, yeah, you know, you're going to get some thinky in this movie for sure. But when I go full on genre, it's just going to be a, a freaking splatter fest right now. And you're going to love it. And, and I agree. Exactly. That's exactly how I felt. And I'll let Ulrich talk here in a second. But I have to say, one of my favorite things watching this movie that I really enjoyed, you know, being a 
quote-unquote non-critic here. I loved being able to pick up when the main character lady... Um, oh, God, I don't... Oh, whatever. I don't, I don't know her name. Adelaide. <laughs> Adelaide, okay, fine, sure. Um, I loved watching her get more and more, like... Um, primal i guess every as the movie progressed i liked watching her get more primal and the way that she acted and her kills and stuff it was it was kind of entertaining to watch and to see the slow progression of that and i, I love agree that because that's a great it's a double-headed thing in the one hand it's kind of the basic i am sick and tired of these motherfucking doppelgangers ruining my vacation and it also kind of ties into the big twist reveal at the end which I think it, we're going to do spoilers. I don't, you can't really talk with me without spoiling. No, you have to. You have to. In that she is, in fact, one of the tethered who may or may not have souls. Right, and it's, it's that whole, especially second time through, it's that whole thought process of is a soul in the way that this movie talks about it? Because remember, I love that we get our entire plot from Red or Adelaide which, whichever one you want to say is which one, because the original Adelaide is the one with the creepy-ass voice that ends up being the doppelganger. Um, but I love that we get our entire plot for what's going on from a person that was basically kidnapped against her will at six or seven years old and forced to become a soulless, you know, mindless thing living under the ground as part of maybe a government experiment, or maybe that's just the thing she's made up in her head to explain it. Because if you look at all the movies she's got on her shelf at the beginning of the movie, they're movies like Chud and other stuff like that that might be just her way of using her experiences in life up to that point to explain it. So I love that all of our exposition is given by a fucking crazy person. Yeah, um, that's kind of why I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I kind of want you two to talk about all the, um, quote unquote underlying stuff. Um, maybe that way I can understand this movie a bit more and maybe enjoy it a bit more because I'm not one of those people that goes into movies looking for the undercurrents of it. I like to just sit there and enjoy the movie. And I am honestly one of those people that get a little irritated and sometimes really pissed off when people are like, oh, you didn't catch that so-and-so's bush in the front. You know, the front yard was really about his really big dick and everything else. And that, you know, the person in the background was really about AIDS and all this other shit. And it's like, dude, just watch the fucking movie. So, from everything that I've heard and from what Ulrich has talked to me about, there's underlying shit. So maybe you two can explain in simple terms for my simple brain about what I need to know about this movie so that maybe I can think it was more than just meh. If you can't tell, we come from very different schools of theory in film. <laughs> no, there's nothing wrong with that. Oh, I, no, I, I try to tell think... that all the time. I mean, some of her favorite movies, I wish I could enjoy. Like, she loves Puppet Master, and I, oh boy, that, that's too much for me. See, and I'm, I'm right in the middle, because I, I got feet in both sides, because I love that shit. So it's, um, I don't know, do, do you, do you want to start, um, DC or um, Lord Commander Alaric and trying to answer her question because I think my answer um, is that there's a couple of layers. I found watching the movie a second time that I spent less time caring about the underlying stuff. Like, for example, w when I got out of this, I said to somebody, there's a ton more going on in this movie with subtext. 
but I feel like most of the movie's point is very upfront. Like you can kind of, as an audience member, get the upfront story of this movie. Whereas Get Out is all about its subtext. Get Out primarily works for you or doesn't based on how much you get that primal thing about society and about racism and everything else it's trying to say. This movie, you can kind of just take it as, okay, this is a fucked up movie with doppelgangers living under the freaking streets, and they came up one day and decided to fucking murder everybody. And then it has a really, really cool twist in that our main character was body swapped earlier in the movie. So it has a cool Twilight Zone kind of end of the movie twist. But um, have both of you had a chance to go and watch it again? We haven't watched it a second time. We kind of talked about it, but life kind of happened and we never got the chance to see it. So, so I highly recommend as part of the understanding it, maybe elevating it above the meh reaction you had to watch it again. Because I watched it a second time hoping that I could dig into the subtext more. And instead, I spent the whole movie going, oh, my God, it's beating me over the head now that I know that Adelaide was body swapped. She is a completely different character the second time you watch the movie. So, then, what is it about? Like, is it about... I know it has something to do with black and white people and stuff like that, and I well, don't... Maybe, maybe and maybe not. That's that, that that's the cool thing. I like. I think it's more the underprivileged and privileged than yeah, necessarily race. Okay, I, uh, I can see that and stuff. But I don't know. I still have a hard time trying to figure out what all this is about because I feel stupid, kind of, because people are like, "What? You really don't get what this movie is about?" And well, I fuck those people first off. You yeah, should never if, if anyone calls you that way, yeah. Well, for for example, you discussion by going, "You fucking pleb." <laughs> for, for for example, I think one of the most heavy-handed visuals in the movie that that kind of beats home the haves versus have-nots thing is the fact that the only thing keeping these people from escaping you know under any sort of you know under any sort of personal um uh power is an escalator that goes down now in reality when you look at that you go okay i know as a human being i could fucking run up that escalator so that is the very heavy-handed metaphor for no we didn't build you a fucking way out yeah, you can see it. You can get here. Like, you, you know that you can do it. But it's it's that visual of society just saying, no, you stay down here. There's only a down. Sorry. Do, do and, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, and the, I think the most heavy-handed, like you said, this is a great movie because on the surface level, you can enjoy it for its base carnage and violence. And it gets pretty brutal. Uh, but on the other hand, there is a lot of fun subtext. And even some not-so-subtext, basically, when Adelaide and Red are talking... And she's telling her all these nice things you have, all this good stuff you have came from someone else's suffering. And that is the most heavy handed, blatant message like, hey, do you know that nice life you live? It's probably being done because somebody else is suffering for it. And 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 that sucks. And the horrifying parallel, right? You can take any any horrific event in this movie, any horrific event that. Adelaide, the Adelaide we're following goes, and immediately when you realize that no, she's she's a soulless lesser person that because she was given a chance, because she got out there, got 
what I would only assume was really, really, really intense um, behavioral treatments and stuff when she was younger to basically learn how to mimic being a regular member of society. Because that happened, she now has all of this, but has lived her entire life knowing exactly what the person that she swapped with is going through. So there's no longer this like, oh, you, you don't feel as bad for her as you feel almost like, I just feel bad for fucking everybody. Like, no one wins in this scenario. Right? No, that's, no, that's a great point of the movie. It's like, yeah, now you know this stuff. There's nothing you can do about it. It sucks. It's just the way it is. And I love that the little girl, like, in, in Adelaide and Red, that her entire plan revolves around actually succeeding in completing Hands Across America, which was a huge failed mess of a thing <laughs> that happened in the 80s. So it's like, she didn't know that, of course, because she's been trapped underground. But, like, that's the thing she latched on to. Um, but, you know, it, and then the, the revelation of just Adelaide and Red's speech when she tells you, you know, you, you met a prince and I was basically, you know, forced to sleep with this guy and have his kids because the tethering made me do that. You know, I was forced to raw rabbit because this abandoned experiment says that's what I eat. But then you realize that no, a girl that actually grew up for six or seven years as a human on the surface is now being forced through this. And, and, and I do agree it, it, the movie only works fully in, in full metaphor because it starts breaking down when you go, why has no one ever saw this before? Why have they never escaped? before? You know, why, um, why couldn't she just leave? You know, the whole time. She's a normal little girl. Why couldn't she just leave? You know, they, they showed that she handcuffed her. But, you know, how long was she handcuffed? You know? Okay, I can, I can see all that listening to what you guys have to say. But I think my problem comes from is I want fucking answers. Like, I want to know why the hell they are under there. What the stupid freaking um, experiment was about. You know, I understand that, you know... Being trapped under there, they maybe saw people going up and down the escalator and kind of got an idea of maybe... Not escalator, sorry. Um, no, it wasn't escalator. Escalator? Yeah. Elevator, whatever. It's an escalator. Um, going up and down it, they can kind of figure out what it's for, but not being born into it or whatever, you know, being able to... Whatever. I don't really know what I'm saying. But <laughs> I want answers. Like I want to know what the significance of that of all the stupid rabbits are from. I, I want to know why everybody is connected to each other like that. What all this experimental shit is. I I I want answers, and I think that's where a lot of movies that have a lot of subtext in them get me, and why I'm not interested in them because. They kind of rely on you to find the answers. And I don't like finding shit. I want to be told. Well, it's, and, and I can agree with that, but, but I have a, a couple of counterpoints that I always use for myself to that is oftentimes the answer isn't as interesting as what your brain can make up. For, for example, um, you know, a prequel to a movie, right? Like some of the most debated and hated prequels that have ever come around are the star wars prequels 
And the reasoning for that is that it, it gives you answers for all the stuff you wanted to know, but it's not necessarily the answer that you figured out in your head. You know, there's so much mythos, there's so much love and time being put into it. So to take a single story like us, and again, what, what I would put back on you is, does the movie work good enough for you in its own right with the answers you have? Or if it doesn't, then it fails, you, you know, and that that's nothing I would ever take away from you. If you think the movie fails in that respect, that's fine. But I think for me, the movie gives me just enough where I can really enjoy the narrative that it's presenting, especially watching it through a second time. Because I sat there in the theater when they did their twist and said, bullshit, no, no, that's unearned. That's a freaking cheap Twilight Zone twist. And that does nothing for the rest of the movie. And then I sat there for like 15 minutes and went, no, this has been the whole fucking point of the movie the whole time. And then I watched it a second time and it, there's not even a doubt that that ending makes complete sense. The thing that, the thing that gets crazier the second time I watch it is I'm actually starting to believe in another theory that I read that people had that I don't, it doesn't really affect the way I enjoyed the movie, but I think the sun was swapped too. I think the sun. I I think the sun was swapped by Adelaide. Um. So she because if you look at the way she talks to him throughout the beginning of the movie, stick with me, you'll be okay. Um. She always gives him these reassuring looks. She absolutely panics when he's missing and knows that he's going over to that place. And it's not because she's afraid that she's going to lose her son. Almost the way she's afraid that she's going to get found out. You know, that that's her whole fear of being near the um um the beach now and that 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 entrance. And I'm really starting to see, especially with the way the tethering works, the way they kind of explain that it's a person from if the experiment works, then somebody underground in the tunnels is controlling the people above. So the fact that the sun is able to control the doppelganger and burn him. And the way that they show Adelaide on the surface, but being red, the girl from there, being an incredible dancer, and it makes the little girl underground dance. It, it really starts to tell me that if that's the way the tethering fully works, when it works, then both of these characters are swapped. The way that she kind of mourns the death of the little girl, knowing that that little girl is from the world that she came from, when she's like bent over the tree after the car accident but could give really two shits less about her own daughter and the suffering that she's going through. It's, it's very weird watching it a second time, knowing where it goes. There's so much more going on that I didn't notice. And I'm saying that this isn't what I wanted out of the movie in the first case. Do you know what I mean? The movie worked in its own right for me, but these extra stuff I feel just makes it better. That, that's my take. See, I'm not sure if I 100% subscribe to that theory. Oh, I don't know if I 100% do. I just, I just started seeing it. I'm like, oh my god, I can see where people are getting this shit. <laughs> yeah, I can see that, but it's more, I think it's one of those things like, I'm just not smart enough to figure out what it means. Because, like the rabbits one... I didn't understand what the whole thing was, the rabbits, until I heard Jordan Peele talking about it. He's like, well, on the first layer, it's just, a, you know, quickly renewable food. And then yeah. on another layer, it's an homage to Alice in Wonderland through the looking glass. Yep. yep. And on a third deeper layer, it's about Easter and the Christ resurrection, and that's where he lost me. 
Yeah, no, I, I, I started hearing him say that too, and I'm, I'm not quite sure I follow there too. I Also, the opening shot of the movie is one black rabbit in the center of a bunch of white rabbits. Yeah, so that I, was I, right. I always found that visualization interesting too. Man, what is it like inside his mind? Because he is both hilarious and a ridiculous director. By the way, I don't know if you guys have seen Toy Story 4 yet, but him and him and uh, Key getting back together to voice two characters in that, are, it, it, it's amazing. I haven't got to see it yet. But one of my favorite things that I was pointed out to me is that Adelaide starts the movie all in white. And by the end of the movie, she progressively gets more and more drenched in blood and other stuff until she is completely red, which is kind of a tip-off to the big twist at the end. Yep. See, as the ending um, kind of kept creeping closer and closer, or kept saying, you know, I bet she's a switched. And I honestly, I was kind of like you. I was like, nah, they wouldn't do that. That's kind of stupid and stuff. And then it kind of was like, no, they didn't do that. But then it, uh, the twist, the ending, it was so good. I loved how they did it because it made you go, okay, well, maybe they are, you know, switched. And then it, in another scene, they're like, no, they're, they're not switched at all. They, you know, that couldn't have happened and stuff. And then it was all revealed. And it was like, damn, that was a good twist ending. I shouted out, I knew it, I knew it. I don't remember what teed me off, but there was like something probably in the performance or something hidden somewhere. My brain was like, because I was picking this movie apart the whole time. Because I knew it was like, all right, this is a Jordan Peele film. This is not you know, what it seems. There's a lot of stuff going on, and I was determined to figure it all out. Didn't get 90% of it, but there was something that's going on, like, something's up with her, and I don't quite know what. I also give, you know, another one of my favorite things about the movie is all of the different actors and the way that they pull off their dual performances. I know that, you know, Adelaide is the character that you, you spend the most time focusing with, but I really liked the um, the couple, their their friends. And the way that their doppelgangers were played, I love that their doppelgangers were a bit more, um, a bit less uh, um, civilized. And I say that in a weird way, but they were they were kind of like broken and malfunctioning. Like the, uh, especially the, the the wife when when her two kids are or her twins are murdered, she kind of does that. Like she knows she's supposed to scream, but no noise comes out. And it, it just it broke me. Like everything with the villains that should have been so horrific, I found heartbreaking. Like thinking that okay, these things have been cast aside as soulless, as lesser people, and you see that they're almost like you know, uh, it, it's like an animal dropped into a maze, <laughs> you know, and and kind of being told, "Hey, fight your way out, fucker, and s- see what happens." It's uh, the keeping up with the Joneses is probably is there a great version? It's kind of the whole underlying thing of the story. But yeah, they're a great example of that. They have all this stuff they're supposed to have, you know, to be themselves, but it doesn't quite fit and it's not quite right and they're not quite happy. Which again, huge underpinning topic of the movie is the endless ladder that is capitalism. Of well, if I just get this thing, then I'll be happy. And, and it even happens just between the main characters, right? You know, he got that car just to fuck with me. You know, like, you, you, you hear it um, even in the, the characters. And I love, I love how I don't, I don't think the movie is flat out about race, as Get Out definitely is. But I love that the main character is a well-to-do um, black family. You know what I mean? It's not like they're not, you know, they're not 
shown as struggling for much, but there's still always somebody else that, you know, they want to be as good as. There's always somebody, you know, they're keeping up with the Joneses with. But I also love that, like, when he has to come out and try to act tough, he's, he's not really good at it. I, I love I love that our characters are imperfect. These these characters felt lived in, and they're all playing double roles. Um, Lupita Nyong'o, she she better get an Oscar nomination for this. The, the The creation of Red, the the alternate persona of herself, with the crushed voice box, or just or learning how to talk, which whichever one that that is, was just fucking horrifying. Um. I also love that this is only happening in the United States. I really like that whole thing about it. Like, this isn't just a failed exp- social experiment. It's a failed social experiment from us bunch of bumblefucks. Like, this is something stupid that our government would try. You know, and, and that line of, well, who are you? Well, we're Americans. Was just such a great line. It's just like because we just we just want what we what we have coming to us, you know. And I love when the two kids go running off. Don't burn our house down, you know. There's just so many good, like strange little things in it that just add to the story that I already love. Okay, you said a few things I I didn't even think about there. That you know, even though you heard over and over again, well, we're Americans. Like I thought it was I don't know. Them, line. Yeah, and kind of just making fun of us like America, you know, <laughs> type of shit. Like I didn't even think about it that it was just a failed experiment in America and stuff. Um, yeah, I definitely agree that we need to watch this a second time. Uh, I want to get it for the collection. I loved this movie. Okay, well that that's fine too. I will definitely give it a second watch before I even, I guess, put a final stamp of whatever my um, opinion on it is, but. As wrapping up, I kind of want to know what your guys' favorite or what you think was the best kill of the movie. Oh, shit. There's a couple really good ones. Another fun fact to point out about this movie. All the weapons that are used to kill the tether are emblematic of upper-class white people. Golf yes, club, baseball bat, boat. The boat is my favorite kill. Yeah, um, the boat's good. That's mine, too. Because it's kind of fun. It's got a great kind of... The humor creeps back into this ridiculous, tension-ridden situation. Um, And I absolutely love... Because it made me jump. Um, And you should have seen it coming a mile away. But I didn't realize how big this thing was going to be. Like, I'm watching the movie and I go, Okay, cool. I get it. It's just affecting them. It's the girl coming back after the girl that she, you know, she's being, because at this point in the movie, we're thinking she's being chased by this girl, this doppelganger. We don't realize that there's been a swap. So when the kids walk into the house of their friends and think they're safe and the friend comes to answer the door and the tethered version of them just comes up and stabs that one in the neck and that huge explosion of blood, when you realize, oh shit, this is bigger than just them, that was the best villain kill of the movie, in my opinion. Oh gosh, I had a oh fuck moment when that happened, and I was all I was so excited after that during the whole entire scene in that house and stuff. I was so pumped for all that stuff, especially after all that, because it was something that I didn't see coming. Like I knew there was going to be death coming and stuff, but I didn't think it was going to be that quick right there. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be a simple home invasion movie, personally. With, with some really cool subtext. I, it just, when it started showing how far this reached, I just was 
jumping for joy. Just like, oh my god, this is huge. Well, the first part of the movie really does a great job of lulling you into this false sense of security. Like, okay, they killed a couple of them. They got away. We're all good. They're going to go to the friends. They're going to, what's going to happen next? And then all of a sudden, going, oh, no, this isn't even beginning to be over. This just got a lot worse. All righty then, round two. Here we go. Yeah. I also love the I also love the tethered fire fire kill. Yeah, I was gonna say um, all of the kills pretty much. I really enjoyed. I honestly don't think that I have a favorite one. One of the complaints I have is I wish that there was a bit more. But I personally just like kind of a bit more. You're a gore fiend. Yeah, I'm a I'm a bit more bloody and gory. Um, but the the fire scene was really cool. I loved. Seeing him just walk backwards and his and his tether just walking backwards too, and I don't know, I I thought that was a pretty cool scene. It was, and it's it's a cool like the way they delivered plot points felt very natural. Like it didn't feel like there was ever a time where the movie was going. Now you have the ability to do this. It felt like people at their wits' end just kind of went as they went. And I, I really liked that. It reminded me kind of um, in a slower progression, kind of the way things go in the John Wick movies, where you just kind of have to sit there and go, there's no way a human being could get out of this. And then when you watch them get through it, it's like, yeah, he fought for that. I, I buy it now. <laughs> Instead of like, oh, I don't believe that. I, I never really felt that way in this movie, like I was being cheated, you know? All right. So... We've talked quite extensively, or maybe not very much, about the movie and our thoughts on it. It's a very dense film. Yeah, I think our overall um, opinion is, for you two at least, it's a great film. Um, (laughs) My closing thoughts, like I said before, I'm definitely going to have to give this film a second second watch. Um, I... I don't know. Like, I want to watch it again so that I can try and see what you guys see. But unfortunately, I kind of feel like me being me, I'm not going to see it uh, the way everybody else does. But I'm going to try. Nice. Good to hear. All right. So we're going to go ahead and um, wrap this up. And we're going to go ahead and do some guest plugs. And we'll go ahead and start with Ulrich. All right. Well, if you're listening to this, you're probably a fan of our other podcast, Geeks with Shields. And if you're not, go check out our other podcast, Geeks with Shields. We talk about all things geeky, nerdy, dorky, and whatever else we can cram under that banner. Uh, You can find us on SoundCloud, Podbean, Google Play, it's an ever-expanding roster. Uh, easiest way, find us on Twitter. We'll point you in the right direction. All righty, Chris, what do you got to say? Hi, I'm Chris, and I'm here. No, um, so thank you guys very much, as always, for having me on. Um, those of you that have never heard of me before, um, thank you for listening to Geeks with Shields and Geeks Who Haunt, um, two of my personal favorite podcasts that I found on the internet, and I love the hosts, and I... I really enjoy them. Um, If you did find me through them, please check me out. Um, I run four podcasts, The Chipman Brothers Tangent with my brother Movie Bob, who you may have heard of, Um, the Creating Geeks podcast with my wife, the Talkbuster podcast, which is ramping up in popularity as we um, which if you're in the Massachusetts, Salem, North Shore area in August, I have a live recording of that coming up. That should be a good time. And Shooting the Shit with Chippa, which is my 
ever-expanding interview show that's similar to what I do with Movie Bob, but with new guests every week. I just recently had the guys over at Geeks with Shields, um, Ulrich and Axelon, to talk about Warhammer, and that already seems to be pretty damn popular, so we're going to have to do another one of them. So thank you guys very much. All right. I really enjoyed having you two on. It's always just fun to sit down with people who know what they're talking about, not like me, <laughs> and just Aww. listen to what they have to say. Um, I hope to again have you guys on here. And I want to leave all of my listeners with this horror tip number 23. If you're a virgin, stay that way. It might just save your life one day.